0: You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Mark. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. Y'all want to have real faith? So if there's real faith, because really where this came from was uh, uh, that scripture that where Paul's talking to Timothy, and he said, I see the unfeigned faith, and we don't use that word anymore. Unfeigned means real. Um, and so if there's unfeigned or real faith, then there's feigned faith, which I, I think that's a word. Uh, it's an Old Testament. Uh, it's an old word. But it would be then fake. And so we'd say you either had real faith or fake faith. So it's kind of like worship. Remember when the Bible says that um, true worshipers will worship me, um, you know, out of their heart and with their lips, you know. So because he even said they, they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. They worship me in vain. And so there's a true worshiper, and there's all the way from, you know, those who don't worship also, So there's everything in the middle. Our goal around here is to always get to where God wants us to get to. So sometimes there's a process. Are you with me? So, and so in faith and the things of faith, um, you may not arrive overnight. I've been doing this 30-plus years, and, and as I preach, I, I've been having so much fun on Wednesday night because I'm just learning new things, or the Lord's reminding me of new things, or emphasizing different things. But don't feel like, oh, my gosh, I have to arrive right now. Because f- your walk with God is a growth. Your, your walk with God is you growing into some things. But it doesn't matter if you got born again last week. If you start hearing it, your faith works. I said, your faith works. And what I'm teaching here is I'm really taking my time and dividing things off. I mean, I can't review everything, but we've been talking about um, speaking the word or people call it confession. Um, I don't let me just say this. I don't like to call it positive confession because positive confession. People have kind of gleaned on to what God's doing and even secular people, which I'd rather them talk positive than negative. But this is not positive confession. This is not mind over matter. This is not, I'm going to say some things and pretend like there's nothing real going on. That doesn't work. That's more like Christian science. I'm just going to say what I want and deny things exist. Well, we don't deny things exist. We deny their right to exist in our life, what we've been redeemed from. Right. Are you with me? And so we're going to grow in this. Are you ready to grow some more? So let's remind ourselves of what we talked about. I have never taught it this way before because I always just lump it together. But the Lord just directed me to divide this into four or five things. And um, actually, uh, Pastor Belinda did one while I was gone, so I don't have to do that one. Um, So number one, we talked about a, a confession unto faith. So what is that? That's meditating the word of God. Joshua chapter one. If you meditate, how do you meditate? You think, you ponder, you mutter. And so you're muttering to yourself. As you mutter to yourself, what are you doing? You are received. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Who better to hear from than you when you speak the word of God? And remember, as you do that, you're doing something else. It's going into your soil. Remember, we talked a lot about your soil. Y'all got, y'all got good soil? Did you get the rocks out? Yes. Are you pulling weeds? Hallelujah. Not let, getting anything, letting anything in your soil, right? And so as you're meditating the word, it's going to your heart. And, and, and so that's one part of it. And so do I, so, how, how, so. it's good to get people talking the word. It's good to get them to speak the word. It's good to hear the word, because that's how faith comes, but it's also good to speak the word. Even if someone's not yet uh, convinced or made the confession of faith, like if someone comes to healing school on Tuesday, and they're just hearing that it is the will of God for them to be healed they may have to mutter they may have to meditate they may have to but what are they doing they're not saying well I'm not sick in Jesus name that is not faith are you just because you tack Jesus on the end of it does not make it faith it does not make it confession of the word of God well I'm just not sick in Jesus name well I'm glad you said that but that's not faith that's denial Just because you tack Jesus on it doesn't make it work. You okay? Right? What do you got to do? By the stripes of Jesus, I have been healed. Jesus became a curse for me that the blessings of Abraham would come upon me by faith. I believe that. Jesus took stripes on his back. He, He took my sorrow. He took my pain. I believe that Jesus is my healer. He bore my infirmities. He carried my sickness. He carried my diseases. If he took that curse, so what is that? I'm meditating. And then as you get to a place, then you would pray. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you should have them, right? And so you're going to pray. And then after you pray, you believe that you receive Mark 11, uh, 22, uh, uh, 24, 24. Uh, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them, you'll have them. And then after you do that, then you're going to make, because of that, you're going to make a confession of faith. Now, you and I are most familiar with Romans 10, 9, and 10. This says what? That if, uh, talking about salvation. Now, that when people talk about salvation, they think of only God. Went to heaven. Are you all glad you're going to heaven and missing hell? Yes. Well, let's make sure some other people uh, make heaven and miss hell. I almost started to say miss heaven and make hell, but we don't want that. There are already a lot of them making hell. You know, we don't want that. We want them to make, miss hell and make heaven, right? But how can they do that? The only way to do that is to believe something. And the only way to do that, according to Romans 10 9 and 10, is to say something. They believe in their heart and they confess. They confess unto righteousness. So when they believe something, in other words, just I, I was with this friend one time. Oh, my gosh. When I do this review, we always get stuck. But anyway, uh, I was with this friend one time. He's an evangelist, now a pastor. But everywhere we went, and I know his heart, but everywhere we went, I remember we were in my hometown, and we were outside the pizza place. And so I kind of know all these people, but, you know, he doesn't know them, but he, he's talking to them. And uh, so he he's really, you know, pushes a guy kind of into a corner and has, you know, all this guy wants is pizza. And, and, and so my friend is ministering to him and he gets him to, to say, I believe Jesus is the son of God and to pray. But as I walked away, the Holy Ghost said to me, he didn't get born again. So just because to get his pizza and get away from this guy He said something does not make him born again. It has to be heart and mouth, right? So a real confession of faith comes from a heart that believes something. So there's confession unto faith. There's a confession of faith. How do I know when I make a confession of of faith? You won't have to ask me if you're in faith. You won't have to ask anybody if you're in faith. When you make a real confession of a faith, because, because how do you know you're born again? You just know so. So when you make a confession of faith, you know so. Circumstances, no matter they no longer matter to you. Fear no longer has a hold on you. You don't really care what you see. You don't care what anybody else says. You know you got it, just like you know you're born again. And the only place you check is in here and in here. That's it. That's all you check. You don't care what anybody says. You don't care what anybody got to say about it. You don't care what anybody thinks about you. You just don't care because you got it and you heard from heaven and that's your confession and it won't change because that's what you believe. Right? Now doubt might try to creep in, but when you, you can hold fast against it. So that's number two. Number three, then we talked about speaking the word of God or confession to uh, exercise your authority. Remember we stopped and we looked at the best place to look was when we call it the temptation of Christ, when Jesus was led, led by the Holy Ghost into the world. You know, sometimes we as word of faith people or Christian people or spirit-filled people or Christian people all together, we, we sure don't, you know, there's a whole lot, lot of confrontation going on around us, and we sure don't want to be led into any. But I'm going to tell you something, there are some giants you were meant to face. I know people don't like that, but there are some giants, ask David, there are some giants you are meant to face because if you're facing them, you can defeat them. That's right, if you're facing, there is no temptation. There's nothing taken to you. If it's in front of you, you got this. With the help of God, but it's with God. But if it's in front of you, you got this. I said, if it's in front of you, you got this. But you got to do it the same way Jesus did. If, if it's in front of you, you are able to overcome it. How did Jesus do it? Remember what he said. It is written. Let's try it on for size. Everybody say it is written. It is written. How many of you know you can't say it is written if you don't know what's written? That's right, <laughs> and, and, and don't pull one of that. What was what was their name? I, I don't know if their name is, if I say it right. It's those sons of Skiva people. you remember them? Y'all remember them? Uh-huh. Right? I adjure you. By Jesus, whom Paul preaches. Um Well, Pastor Mark says it's written. Not good enough. Your favorite other preacher, because I know I'm your favorite. Your other favorite preacher says, they said it's not good enough. I know it's written. I don't care if you got to get on your iPhone and read it. Start doing it. That thing can be a blessing. Use it for a blessing. Grab it, put your Bible thing in, and read it. Find something. You can even Google. I, this is what I need to talk about. You can Google it. You can find it. Go on Bible Hub, and there you got it. You can even get it in Greek or Hebrew or whatever you want. it. It's right there. That's right, amen. And you'd say it. Tell the devil what. See, I know you can't read this, but let me read it to you. It is written. Give him five or six translations if you want to. It is written. It is written. It is written. And then what, after you get good at this, then what's the devil going to do? He's going to do what you did to Jesus. The devil said, it is written. Now, what happens there? He's trying to rest the scripture. He's trying to pull it out of context. So you got to have scripture within context. So it's not just a scripture you heard here or there. You've got to know what God meant by that word. All right, so you're going to use your words, you're going to use your words to exercise your authority. You overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. So you've got to have some word in what you're testifying will happen. No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and you're going to condemn. In other words, when something happens, you're going to use the word of God to say, This is not allowed. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. In other words, it doesn't matter where the devil's operating earth or that first heaven or wherever, it doesn't matter. Or whatever is not happening in the third heaven where, where God is, if it's not allowed there, it's not allowed in your life. You just don't allow it. Or if it's loosed in the third heaven where God's throne is, then you loose it here on the earth. What do you do that with? Words. Words. And so we talked about that. And then we talked about the fourth one. We talked about steering your life with words. Now, listen, this is really important. So, you know, um, maybe some of you are new to this, or maybe you came out of a background where um, you saw some things in error. So let's just, let's just deal with it. You know what? Um, I, like, I, I use these funny things sometimes. I, I like to use this one because I, I used to back in the day, especially when I was single, I heard other guys or gals, ladies say that gals is not good. Ladies uh, say this. Well, I claim him or I claim her. That's going to be my wife. You can't do that. Go down to the beamer, you know, BMW. Lay your hands on do a Jericho march around it. I claim this in Jesus name. The Lord said whatever I say I can have. No. 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 Like, I I tell this story all the time, and I don't know if this minister ever tunes in. If he does, I'm sorry, but you said it. Um, You know, he was here, and there was this house being built. I told this a hundred times, but he said to me, I claim that house in Jesus' name. I said, I know the people who just redid that. They're not moving. They still haven't moved. That was 20-some-odd years ago. They fixed that house for them. You can't claim it. silly. So can people take things and make error? But you see, um, people have hurt people with cars, but I'm still driving mine. People can misuse money, but I know how to use mine. Right? And just like other things, there are real diamonds and fake diamonds. You girls understand that, right? So, Let's stick with the word, and let's see what, so if, let's look at James. It can't be that time yet. All right, James, chapter 3. Let's review. We're still reviewing. Mm -hmm. You know what? I don't feel bad about this. I listen to Keith Moore all the time, and he reviews for an hour and a half and then gives a new sermon in 15 minutes. So I don't feel bad. I appreciate him. James, chapter 3. Let's look at... um, James chapter 3, verses 2 through 6. James 3. For many things, James 3, 2, James 3, 2. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect or a mature man. So as you mature in God, you should, um, your words should change. And able to also bridle the whole body. So he starts out talking about you and me. So he says, if you get your tongue right, or if you get your words right, you'll be able to control your whole body. Now, if you'll think about that a minute, that's amazing. Well, I can't control. I just can't control that. I can't control that. Well, the Bible says, if you get your words right, which would be the word of God, then you, you can control your whole body. There's lots of things to control because people say, well, you know, that's just my personality. It's out of control. If you mature, if you grow up and you begin to use the word of God, it'll control your whole thing, including your personality. It'll begin to control uh, parts of your body. Amen. We can just get into all kinds of things, but behold, we put bits in horse's mouth. You know, when I was a little boy, uh, my cousin who was really like my uncle gave me um, a pony uh, and his name was Sam. And you know, I first started, they would put a bit in his mouth and that bit would do what? So if you turn the, reins to the right, the horse would go to the right. If you turn the horse right, and then it's just cool. You know, the best thing is when they rain train them and they have, to, they can take the bit out. You know, I believe God can rain train you where, you know, you're easily guided, but at first he may, it's almost like uh, the word of God becomes a bit in your mouth. That'll pull you the right direction because you're not used to going that direction. You're used to doing what you want to do. Your flesh is used to doing what it wants to do, saying what it wants to say, how it wants to say it, because that is being part of this world. One of the things the devil does not ever want you to get a hold of is how powerful this is. And one of the things he uses is the spirit of religion to try to keep people from seeing this revelation because it changes their life so dramatically. Okay, and so one of the things you got to understand is he's using. So and then he talks about the rudder of a ship. Remember that. So no matter how big the ship is, a little rudder will. It, from a cruise ship to a bass boat, a rudder will change the whole direction. So your words can direct your life. So this is not necessarily talking about a med. It's still the word, but one direction I'm confessing unto faith. One thing I'm confessing, the confession of faith. Another thing I might be using my authority. Pastor Belinda taught on. uh, declaring and decreeing has a little bit to do also with your authority and those kind of things. But this is just what I want you to see is this is just everyday normal life. You talking the word, not in King James, just talking the word. And when you talk the word, so, so I'm not necessarily even just talking about the scripture. You could say it like the scripture says, but just it becomes who you are and you begin to talk about it. You begin to talk it. And when you do that, the Bible says it steers your life. And when you do that, you can control your whole body. I ask the Lord for a revelation of that because the greater revelation you have of that is like it'll just change everything. It'll steer your whole body. And so we talked about it um, just for time's sake. Let's, we, we ended up with Proverbs 18, and this is the most, one of the most familiar ones along these lines. Proverbs 18, uh, Proverbs 18, 20 and 21. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. With what? The fruit of his mouth. And with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. So how are you going to get satisfied in life? You're going to have to start with the fruit of your mouth. You have to, it's going to, it's a, if you want to be satisfied with your life, according to God, the, the, the words you speak, not, not just uh, on purpose confession, not just on purpose, uh, taking authority, but just daily living. Okay. This is real pastoral, but this is just daily living. I'm going to start talking the word and how am I going to talk the word? I'm going to get ahead of myself. That means I got to think the word. And, And if I'm not talking the word, where, where's the problem? Well, yes, it's in your mouth, but the Bible says out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth leaks. Or speaks. It says speaks, but I say leaks. Especially you can tell what you believe or what you've been talking about when the pressures of life come. Right? When you get squoze. When, how, anybody felt squozing uh, lately? I mean, life has tried to squeeze you. And what do you do if you don't like what comes out? Well, that, you just need to change what you put in. And then eventually it'll change. You know, I've told you things like this. So you talk about it, and then you hear yourself say something. You don't have to cry. You don't have to, uh, you know, call anybody and repent or anything. You just say, you know what, God, Father, I, just, I don't believe that. That's not what I believe. I believe this. And you change it. And you just change it on the spot. Just change it on the spot. How you talk. So it says this, death and life. Now, what it, this is the word of God, right? This is not a famous preacher that said this. Do you see anybody? How many of you agree this is the word of God? This is the word of God. Death and life are where? Right? Right? Because if you you hear people say, well, you know, you all overemphasize this too much. It doesn't matter what you say. You know who would love for you to believe it doesn't matter what you say? The The devil. How does he do it? Religious spirit. And a lot of people who don't really adhere to this come from the doctrine, which if you hung around here, you'll understand what I'm talking about. How many you know I believe God is sovereign? But in his sovereignty, he's tied himself to his word. He is not sovereign in the fact that um, he'll do whatever he wants to do. And in your life, you know, well, you know, God's just sovereign. Because, see, if God is sovereign, then you and I shouldn't really come to church. In the way of in some pastor mark uh, if God is sovereign, but my point is if 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 He's just arbitrary, if it doesn't matter what you and I do, it's just going to be that way anyway. Why bother? if you don't have a part, if if there's nothing that you do that determines your destiny with the help of God, only God can do it, right? But it's not like, in other words, um, whether you had Cheerios or Fruit Loops today was not the sovereignty of God. It was a choice you made. Whether you went to McDonald's or um, you would never go to Hardee's. If you went to McDonald's or Chick-fil-A, sorry, Hardee's, um, if you, or, Jack, or Hardee's, wherever you went, it, wherever you went was not God's sovereign will unless he led you. I've been led to restaurants before. And then I get there and then there's somebody there I need to talk to or minister to. I've been led to. But otherwise, he don't care if you have a Big Mac or, or a, a chicken salad chick. That's Pastor Rhonda's favorite. Or, uh, um, I like him too now. But, you know, you understand what I'm saying? So in the sovereignty of God, you still have choices. But see, if someone believes that, then words to them are, well, that's just silly. Because it doesn't matter what I say. It'll just be what it's supposed to be. K, sera, sera. I know some of you are too young for that. Whatever will be, will be. doesn't matter. But you see, if you understand God and how he set this thing up, then your words become very important. Your daily words become important. What you say that he says becomes important. Now, what I don't want you to do is get all tight and wound up, you know. And, and become somebody, your best friend's mouth monitor. Just monitor your own mouth. Unless you've given somebody permission to help you monitor your mouth. I tell this story a lot. I had a friend. He's a pastor now. And we were at Arby's. I I guess I haven't eaten. <laughs> we, were at Ar, we, were at Ar, we were at Arby's. That's a good place to go. Uh, so we were at Arby's. And I said something. And he said to me, because he's my friend. He said, is that what you really believe? you know what? I didn't get mad at him. I said, you know what? That's not really what I believe. And so he helped redirect me with scripture of what I, what I really do believe. It's so easy to say what you see. It's so easy, you know, to uh, help the self-talk on the inside of you the devil's doing and not speak the word. But death and life are where? It's in the power of the tongue. Said, so, said who? God. To diminish this, to not, uh, to not cooperate with this, you do so at your own peril. You do this at your own loss. Now, God is merciful and God is kind. Now, you know, because people will say things, you know, um, you will all be laughing and say, that's so, I don't know how people would because I don't say it anymore. Uh, that's so funny, it kills me. Or uh, I, don't, I don't know, it's kind of with those expressions. Aren't you glad when we say that we don't fall over dead? Aren't you glad? I mean, if every word. So, so you know, so there's a matter of what you believe. I'm not going to laugh until I keel over. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Even if I said that. But should your tongue be full of talking about death? No. So God said, Death and life, because your tongue steers your life. And if your tongue can, let just be, if your tongue can steer you into death, once you start learning some things, your, your tongue can steer you into some really good things. Come on, if I worked commission, I, I, and I did one time, I'll just tell you this. I remember when I got out of Bible school, I worked in a, uh, in a mall and I worked at a men's clothing store, and back in that day, it was commission only. And it was an upper-end suit store. And I was starving. So I mean, I was not paying any bills because I, I, I just, um, I, I knew how to dress, but I didn't know how to help anybody. And, and um, you know, I just didn't know what I was doing. And so I got tired of not getting paid. And I saw all these guys, these heathen getting paid. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Lord, teach me. If I'm here, teach me. So I changed my words. And the Holy Ghost would help me. But I began, I'm blessed. Um, uh, um, God, Father, this is where I work and you're gonna use this place to meet, meet all my needs. Every customer who comes in here that I get to wait on, they're gonna, they like me. I can speak to them, I can help. Them. I mean, I just began to say things. And honestly, I went from the bottom to the either one or number one or number two on a very consistent basis. Being number one, number two is a whole lot better better than being number twelve. Because I got more money. I mean speaking the word. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. You know, you go in, well nobody's gonna buy anything off me today. Man, we're slow. Nobody wants a suit today. See them come in like, they're just going to look like everybody else. <laughs> Take out my time. Even self-talk. No, I mean, people come in. I mean, um, you know, not that I rushed and tackled them or anything. But um, the Lord even sometimes would help me position myself in a store. Go stand over there. Someone would come in. Come on, the Lord can help you. He can. Even if you're, you, you know, you're not on commission. Where you work? I don't know what caused me to get off on that, but it helps somebody. Hallelujah. All right, so uh, what are we talking about? Let's, let's do this. Let's do, um, so death and life are where? So if that's important, because God said it's important, right? So does God need you to understand your words are powerful? There's either death or life in them, right? Whose idea was, you know, you look at uh, Mark 11, uh, 22. Uh, If it's in, you have a red letter edition, King James Version. Red letter means who said it? See, some of you don't even know anymore. Red letter means Jesus said it. Who is Jesus? He, he's the head of the church. He's the Savior. Is he always right? Is he always right? I don't know why you want to argue with Jesus. Can, can people get a mistake what Jesus... Has anyone ever, when you said something, they've taken, they filtered it through their filter, and they took it wrong, and they did something wrong with it? Of course. Are people going to do that with the Word of God? Yes. But you and I don't have to do that. What did Jesus say? He said, What's, he, in verse 23, he said, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, yeah. what? Be thou removed and cast in the sea, shall not doubt in his heart. So there's a heart thing again there. But believe those things which he. Saves. But you got you to gotta do what with what you say? Believe. believe them. You can't just spout them off. I'm rich in Jesus' name. Not faith. Not faith. I'm rich in Jesus' name. Just because you tack His name on it doesn't make it doesn't make it what we're talking about. My God shall that's scripture. My God shall supply all my need according to His riches and glory by Christ. That's scripture. That's word. He can work with word. He doesn't just he doesn't work with positive confession. Right? Amen. Where'd it go? I was going to finish it. (laughs) It's gone. Shall not doubt his heart, but believe those things he says shall come to pass. He'll have. Yeah, but see, you got to say it, but you got to say what God said. But you're going to have what you say. That's why you get free from this, because everybody, sometimes when you teach on this, everybody gets all bound up. Well, don't say that over me. You know what? I don't care what you say over me. I don't care what you say about me. Well, kind (laughs) of, do. It bothers me sometimes. So that was a lie. (laughs) That was a lie. That was a lie. (laughs) I've not totally been delivered. yet. I'm trying. I'm working on it. Hallelujah. But what you say about me doesn't make me that unless I believe what you say about me. Yeah, I get it. I don't want a lot of negativity. I don't want a lot of p- doubt and unbelief thrown at me. But if you're saying something about me or praying the wrong way for me, it, it, doesn't, have to affect, it doesn't affect me. So it doesn't matter what you say about me. It matters what I say about me. And when, if I got to say what the word says about me, though. Amen. Right? Yes. Right? So, so that, that free, up. That'll free you up. That will free you up. Because I get so many people, well, don't say that over me. Doesn't no matter what they say over you. What matters what you say over you. It's a no matter what you believe the so you get this word. So what? So you'll have whatever you say. So, but you gotta say it. You know, I first uh, I tell you this a lot, but I remember when I first because I grew up in a denominational church and I didn't know anything and started getting here in this teaching, but uh, and I'm trying not to do this to you. It put me in. It, it did kind of put me in bondage. Because I was so afraid to talk. So you know what I did? I just did what the psalmist said. I put my hand over my mouth. I just refused. to. If something came up, I just wouldn't talk about it. Just n- no words. Because if you look at this in a negative way, then you say, well, no words are better. But I remember the Holy Ghost. And it was after I was pastoring. So it's, it, it's been a while ago. But, it, you know, I, it was like it was somewhere in the A-frame. And the Lord, he just kind of, I was doing something. He just talked to me. He said, um, you know what? Zero times a thousand is, it's still zero. And they said to me, I need your words. I need your words. So it's good that you don't say, speak what you see, but you got to say what the word says. You know, I've been on you on this, remember? Because someone said, well, I'm healed in Jesus' name. Show me some evidence. And don't look at your body. Show me some evidence. What's your evidence? The word of God is my evidence. You got to have evidence. And so that's why God is wanting you and I to say, because that's our evidence. He works with that. That's what he works with. He's the one that started this whole thing. Let there be light. Those are words. And then the other thing sometimes people don't understand. Because, I, I, you know, I, you know, cornerstone people are smart people you know, rocket scientists, engineers, teachers, uh, business people. I mean, y'all are smart. Every one of you, just smart. And so a smart person would say, what in the world would me say in a word or words? How would that change anything? And see, that's what the devil would love you to believe. It's not important. It's just not important. But in the realm of the spirit... Words are weighty. Words are everything. That's how God created. That's what. That's what. That His world. That's how. That's how it works. And then He made this one. Uh, and just like He made us in His image and likeness, He made things down here. And your words. Your words. Because oh, we gotta get to it. But but do you understand? You <laughs> understand? Do you understand how important this is? All right. So we're not gonna get to that. We're not gonna get to that. What do we want to get to? Holy Ghost. What do? What do we want to get to? What do you? Let's let's do this. Let's go to. Malachi. I don't remember if it was Robert or Belinda. I think it was Pastor Belinda. We're talking about this, but I I want to look at this. So go to Matthew or hit your button, whatever you got to do. I'm talking to myself. Go to Matthew. Go backwards. It's easier to find it that way. Malachi 3. Now we look at tithes and offering out of this, but let's look at verse 13. Malachi 3, 13. Death and life are in the power of your tongue. James said what? That with your mouth, with the words, it steers your life. Again, I'd rather you speak positive than negative. But if you're going to get the highest effect out of this, so we're looking for the highest and the best, our, our words, not King James, but the word of God. So putting the word of God in us so that it comes out of our mouth. And then here it says this. And, 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 and your words and my words are important to God. Your words and my words are important to God. Your word, verse 13, your words have been stout against me, says the Lord. And you're saying, what? What did I do? When did I speak against you? You said, so that means God knows what you said. God knows what you said. Help us. God knows what you said. You said it's vain to serve God. And what, I don't know why this jumped up. Remember Job's wife. Remember what, she tried to, the devil inspired her to get him to say something. Just curse God. Just curse him. There's nothing that thrills the devil more when you and I throw up our hands and say, where's God? Where are you? Now, I get it. Sometimes you have to have a personal convo. But, you know, when we're just, where are you? I don't know what you're, you know, just you're, don't make your words stout against him. Are you with me? Amen. Praise the Lord. Are we all good? What would you say? You said it's vain to serve me. What profit is it? We've kept your ordinances, and we've walked mournfully before the Lord. And, and now we call the proud happy. Yea, the, the workers of the wickedness are set up. You know, everybody else is doing great, but, you know, those that tempt God, those are delivered. I mean, it works for everybody else. we you taking care of them. Where, what's wrong? Where are where, you where at? Where are you at? Think it, don't say it. Uh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 13, 16, then they that, so we got two different kinds of people. We got those who should know better that are talking against God. We got people looking like they're doing okay who don't serve God. And then you got another group of people who are you and me. Then they, those that feared the Lord, do you reverence him? Yeah. Spake, often to, spake often to God? No, spoke often to one another. Spoke often to one another. Spoke often one to another. And the Lord heard it. And the Lord heard it. So our conversations, us uh, speaking to one another, it just gets him in a, a gear. He heard it, and a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord, and, he, and they thought upon his name. I mean, he likes it so much that just when we're chatting, just when we're posting, Just when we're at work, just when we're talking to the family, just while we're eating dinner, we, in our conversation, talk about the goodness of God. We talk about what he's done, who he is, what he's doing in our midst. And he gets so excited about it, he gets his journal out, and he starts journaling about you. He starts journaling about you. Now those journals don't go undone. I believe that then he, he, I believe that it comes back to you. I believe he, he remembers you He. but, but it's not all just this because you know what y'all it's easy for an hour and a half and ours is coming to a close, but it's easy for an hour and a half to say amen at the right place. It's easy to, to sing a song when somebody's leading you. It's easy to say amen and pop the clutch, and that's right, Pastor, and all that. But what you and I say out there while we're at work, while the pressure's going on, while we're, you know, we got a bill, while, while, while this is happening, while somebody's saying this negative or that, what we say. Come on, I want God to be able to journal about me. <laughs> Maybe make a post. <clears throat> Although I don't know how to do it. You know, do you know what I'm saying? What gets that? Just, just, just regular day? Just talking about God? Just chatting with somebody about God? Come on, have you ever been at a dinner table? Out with friends? And you start talking about God. And you start talking about how good he's been. I remember the first time this ever happened. I felt him come almost like sit down. I'm like it's like almost like move over. You're talking about me. I, 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 he likes it, and he he wants it. It's more than just he want. He can do something with that. It's not formal. It's not tr- trying. It's just living. It's just what I believe. It's just how I know you. It's Just how I know you. This is who you are. Talking about him. Just so good. Amen? Amen. Oh, goodness. All right. Um. In the hour we live in, I believe the enemy. You're gonna sit. You know, there's seats, as I've been praying a lot. Seats are so important to God right now. You're seated in heavenly places. You have, every one of you have a seat that God has assigned you. In, In the body of Christ, you don't get to pick, you know, it's not like the old days on the airplane where, you know, they weren't full and you could pick your seat. In God, your seat is assigned. And you need to sit in your assigned seat. And the devil, because at your assigned seat, in the presence of your enemies, God's able to load you down. Remember, very two years ago, we talked about the table and the four legs of the table and in the presence of your enemy. And one of the things you have to watch right now, and I've talked to you about this, is, you know, Psalms 1 and 1 talks about a seat. It says, don't sit, don't stand in the way of sinners and don't sit In the seat of the scornful. In other words, don't become a critic. Don't become a critic. Um, Is it Hebrews 12, 15? Remember we talk about the root of bitterness. Remember that root of bitterness, it springs up and defiles. How does it defile? It comes out of somebody's mouth, right? The seat of the scornful comes out of somebody's mouth. You have to watch right now. I have to watch right now. I'm not telling you not to think. I'm not telling you uh, not to deal with things that are, you know, and no, I'm not telling you putting your head in the sand and hoping it goes away. But for you, your heart, you have to, if you want to walk in faith, then you've got to keep your words right and not just your church words, not just your church words not for an hour and a half on Sunday and for you all an hour and a half on Wednesday or for some people an hour and a half once a month. This is life. And so if I were the devil, I'd get you to believe that whatever you say doesn't matter. And I would send people who are bitter and I would send those who sit in the seat of the scornful And I would have them throw bitter seeds at you to get you to try to say what they're saying. To get you to start saying what you see instead of what you believe. Because the devil knows the word is true. He tried to use it on Jesus. He just misused it. So the devil understands life and death are in the tongue. The devil understands you and I can control our whole body with the word of God coming out of our mouth. The devil understands that thoroughly. And so he would like for you and I to think it of the word coming out of our mouth as little importance. And so you and I need to make sure that it's huge important. Let me ask you this. Uh, In Hebrews, let's look at this real quick. Hebrews chapter three, verse one. How many know Jesus is a high priest? Yes. Amen. He's the high priest over your tithe, right? Uh, he ever lives to make intercession for you. So, how many know Jesus is not just sitting at the right hand of the Father doing nothing? A lot of people, that's what they think Jesus is doing nothing today. That is the furthest thing from the truth. He's your high priest. He, he was the lamb slain and he put his blood on the mercy seat and then he sat down. But he is an active duty today. And so, so when you tithe, he's in the order of Melchizedek watching over your tithe and your offering. That's good news. Because, man, when you put something in his hand on the earth, he multiplied it. Hallelujah. Um, so he, he's ever, aren't you glad that if you can't get nobody to pray for you, my mama always say, if I can't get nobody to pray for me, Jesus is praying for me. He's ever living to make intercession for you. What? As a high priest. And so this here in Hebrews chapter 3, verse number uh, 1 Hebrews 3.1. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, that's you. Consider the apostle and the high priest of your what? Okay? Christ Jesus that identifies who it is. Hebrews 4.14. Hebrews 4.14. Sorry, whoever's up there. I'm going every which way. I know. Hebrews 4.14. Hebrews 4, 14. That's a good one. But let's go up to hey Hebrews 4.14. <laughs> Seeing then we have a great high priest. Everybody say Jesus is my high priest. This passed of the heavens Jesus the son of God let us do what? Your profession. Now listen. Cuz I understand some people who believe this. Well that what they're talking about what the word's talking about there the writer's talking about there is that when you receive Jesus as savior he confesses you Or when you come back to him, he confesses you to the father. And that's true. But he doesn't just have one job as the high priest of your profession. He doesn't, like we, you know, he's not separating the new birth part of salvation. He's the high priest of all your salvation. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. He's talked and talked to us when Jesus was on the earth. He talked to us about words. He said in Luke six forty five, "Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks." There's uh, there's other places that we might get to later, but m- my point to you is, is this: this is a big deal to him. This is a big deal to God. The words that come out of our mouth, a- and when they come out of our mouth, He's the high priest over it. And I'll just tell you this: He never fails. When He's praying for me, He's never going to leave me hanging right? Uh, When I give him finances, he's going to always bless it. Always going to bless it. Always Always watching over it. Always watching over it. And so when I say what the word of God says, he's watching over his word to perform it. And he's heavily involved. How does he do that? I don't know. I can't figure it out because if just all of us start talking at one time and confessing the word, I I don't know. I don't care. I just know he does it. I just know he does it. And so it's really important. So um, it's so important that you understand this. And I know most of you get this, but I I really, the Holy ghost I really believe wants you to know I've separated this out for teaching. Because if you lump it all together, and then you get frustrated with maybe you didn't see something when you thought you ought to see it. Maybe it's, you know, December's coming up, and those of you who make goals and it didn't happen. But you know what? Uh, January 1st is just as good as December 31st to God. (laughs) It's just, you know, it's just a second to him anyway. Come on, it's just a second or two to him anyway. Days as a thousand years, thousand years as a day. I know you and know, I, you know, well, he's never late. But I also believe the psalmist, he's right early. Sometimes you get it so late because you believe for late. He's a midnight God. That's a good sermon. But I also believe he's a 10 o'clock God. I believe he's, I believe, you know. Hallelujah. I believe he can show up good at 10 o'clock. 10 a.m. is as good as midnight. Hallelujah. I'll take it at midnight. I'll take it at 1201. But you understand. But words. Don't get bound up. Ask the Holy Ghost to help you. Lord, use my tongue. Help me steer my life. Um, And if you're weak in an area, all you got to do is get into the word. Luke 6, 45. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. Yes, change the words in your mouth, but the best way to change the words in your mouth is to get the word of God in your heart. And I would love to stand up here and tell you there's no more squeezing going to happen. I prophesy 2022 is calm and clear and sunny and beautiful, but I can't I have that, but it can be for you. If you'll speak the word, if you'll say what the word says, just you know, maybe even get a scripture. You know, I'm probably going to get back to it. I was doing that daily bread where I took one scripture for the whole week and broke it down. But that's how you get it in your heart, and then it comes out your mouth. That's how you get it in your heart and come out your mouth. So I have so many much, much, much more to tell you. But I think we're good for tonight.